and welcome to episode six of the Go SoCal podcast, where we talk about the advertising trends, tips, and tricks within the automotive industry. My name is Drew Wilson, and I am one of your hosts for the Go SoCal podcast. Today, you will hear my co-host Katie Saunders interview Chris Scott, our business development manager here at SoCal. In this episode, Chris talks to us about traditional media and how it has changed over the years, especially within the automotive industry. Now before we dive in, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by SoCal's Video and Audio Production Studio. Serving clients nationwide, our production studio features a wide range of the latest editing software and video equipment. All of our videographers and editors are experts in the field, and every project is produced right here on site. And now, let's get into the interview. Thanks for joining us today, Chris, on this episode of the Go SoCal Podcast. Thank you for having me, Katie. So, why don't we start off with you, you telling us a little bit about you, what you did before you came to SoCal, and then what you do here at SoCal. I worked in radio for 10 years prior to coming to SoCal uh, with iHeartMedia. So my background is in traditional media and radio specifically. Uh, now I am the new business development manager at SoCal. Being a new business development manager, what does a day look like for you in that role? Uh, so it's a lot of cold calling and then also responding to inbound leads to new dealerships that call us, looking for help on their advertising, their website, uh, or even internal operations. So you mentioned that you worked for iHeart. Um, so I'm like radio sales and that kind of thing. So more of the traditional media side of things. Yeah. So I was an account executive for iHeartMedia and I sold a lot, specifically in the auto industry, um, but also other industries. And I was actively, aggressively cold calling people um, to sell them radio advertising. Radio, we consider that more of a traditional media. And so I know a lot of our listeners probably are aware of what traditional media is. But for those that may not be familiar with that term, can you tell us kind of what traditional media is? Yeah, traditional media is kind of encompassing of all that mass media communication prior to the digital onset. So that's going to be your TV, radio, billboard, uh, print magazines, and anything that's kind of what we would consider like a legacy advertising. I know a lot of people now are online. You're searching on your phones, on your computers, all of that. So I'm assuming traditional media is changing. Like it's not the same way that it was 10 years ago. Yeah, there's a lot more sources for people now to, or mediums for them to get their information. So rather than just listening to the radio, people are also streaming audio, streaming podcasts. Uh, streaming services like Spotify have popped up, iHeartRadio, Pandora. So there's a lot more options. And you have the same in TV, so people are using Netflix, uh, Hulu, some of the other streaming, YouTube TV. So there's so many more outlets that deliver the same information. They're just delivering it digitally instead of in a traditional format. I also have a background in traditional media. I was an account executive for a newspaper for several years. And so I kind of understand, you know, when I was selling the newspaper ads, you know, newspapers were driving people to search online for things. They would, you know, would see an ad and then they would go online and they would search, you know, for whatever they saw in the ad. So did you ever experience something like that with radio? Was that kind of, you know... Yeah, uh, the direction of radio has changed. When I first started in radio, uh, a lot of it was for direct response um, or having people go to a store or call them. Um, By the time I left iHeartRadio, everything was just website. A lot of advertisers didn't even have a phone number in their ad. They just had their website. And some of them didn't even have a a website in their ad because they knew people. First thing someone does is when they hear ad is they go to Google or Bing and search that advertiser. Uh, And that's kind of why it's critical to have that digital component in your marketing mix in addition to your traditional because they kind of work hand in hand together. 
So where do you see the trends in traditional media going? I see a lot of them moving to streaming sources um, like streaming audio and streaming TV. So they're seeing a lot more people uh, adapt and not no longer use the traditional means because everybody has a cell phone, everybody has a connected TV now. So a lot of people are choosing to cut the cord um, or just stream digitally, and it's a lot cheaper for them, and it makes more sense in a lot of cases. You don't have to run a physical wire. Would you consider traditional media? I know everybody talks about, you know, how everything's going digital. Nobody's advertising on radio. Nobody's advertising the paper anymore. Nobody's putting up billboards. So would you consider traditional media dying? I don't think it's dying. I think it's changing. And I think the companies are evolving. So as, uh, like, with iHeartMedia, they changed the name of their company to iHeartMedia after their iHeartRadio app because that's the future. I mean, I don't think in 20 years we're going to be listening to uh, terrestrial radio. People are going to have a data connection in their car, and they're just going to stream the content. So the content might not change, but the way people get that content is going to change, and I don't think it's going to be over airwaves anymore, simply because we have the data infrastructure, and with 5G coming, people are everything's going to be transmitted cellu over cellular. For businesses that are advertising currently, do you think it's wise to still have some kind of traditional media mixed in with their digital advertising? I do. Um, the budget would need to support that. So typically traditional media is going to be a higher entry point than some basic digital items. So once you have your digital footprint and you have extra budget to add in that traditional media, I definitely think that makes sense and it still will drive more traffic to your website or digital presence. So, obviously, you were at iHeart for 10 years, so you have a lot of experience in what makes a good traditional media campaign. So, can you give us maybe a couple of examples of, like, what a good campaign would look like? Yeah, some of the best success I had at iHeartRadio was with personality endorsements, simply because I someone endorsing the product. And you see that today very prevalent through social media with influencers. So, a lot of people say that radio was the original influencer because you, those jocks and DJs on air would use their personality and likeness to promote a product. And it's the same thing you see now on Instagram and Facebook and other outlets. So do you have any tips when it comes to buying traditional media, especially radio? Uh, yeah, so radio and traditional media is somewhat sold like a commodity. The price goes up and down based on the inventory. So it's tough being a beginner and not knowing how to buy radio and buying it can be tough. So it's important to have an agency partner there to help you out um, that, that knows how to buy radio, know, go, knows how to negotiate, know, knows how to get that added value um, that you might not get if you just call them up off the street and have no experience buying media. I know when I was in the newspaper world, we would have, you know, if an advertiser called us up and said, you know, hey, I need to pull my full-page ad for this weekend, well, paper's going to run anyways, you know, so we've got to sell that full-page ad, but now, you know, obviously we can go sell it to somebody else at a discount. So does radio ever have any kind of, like, remnant, we call them remnant ads in the newspaper world, but any kind of, like, remnant ad deals like that? So, yes, there is. Um, typically not on a local basis. A lot of large national advertisers buy that remnant inventory if we do have it. However, they do try to control the inventory so that we don't or they don't have remnant inventory. So I think you'll find a lot of times you run into an issue where a station might be sold out uh, versus having remnant inventory, especially like a year like this year where you have a lot of political ads running. So there's a lot of advertisers that are being bumped off the air right now due to all the political advertising. So remnant some years and political years, you're probably not going to have that, but in other years you may. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, traditional media centers can be more expensive than what, you know, you can buy for digital. So when you're looking at a small business, you know, that wants to advertise on radio and wants to have that, what kind of budget are they looking at? 
I like to see an entry point of at least two thousand uh, in a, in a larger city. However, that being said, in smaller markets, the price, the entry might only be five hundred dollars. So it's really dependent on the market size. But uh, given anything below five hundred, it's probably not worth spending on radio, no matter how small the market size is. But another advantage to radio is the low production cost. So a lot of times a radio station will provide that production at no cost uh, and will help you write a script. So there's a very low entry. Um, you're only putting your money towards the actual spots versus the production. With digital advertising, you can target you know, pretty specific to your customer. How does that vary with, let's say, radio? So with radio, you can't necessarily target a specific person, but you can target a lifestyle or a specific group of people based on the genre of music they listen to. So when you look at a, a country station, you know that it's going to be lean female and then primarily going to be between the ages of 25 and 54, where if you look at a hip-hop station, that's going to skew very heavily male and a younger demographic. So you can kind of target, based on the genre of music, target a life group of people that are likely going to be fall in that demographic. So it's not as precise as digital, but you're also reaching many more people. So even if you reach a subset of those people, it's still effective. So with automotive, what kind of trends are you seeing with them on radio? Well, a lot of the dealers that I've seen that are successful are spending a lot of money on radio, sometimes upwards of $80,000 per month. Um, but what that gives them is complete market coverage in a very high frequency. When it comes to radio, you want to have a high frequency. That means when they hear your commercial, they're hearing it again 30 minutes later, and they're hearing it again 30 minutes later. Because typically, people don't act on a commercial they hear until they hear it 7, 10, 20 times. Who knows? But they need to have that frequency there. So it makes sense to spend a lot of money and do it correctly versus trying to just throw a little bit of money at it. And, and you're basically throwing your money into the wind when you do that. So we've talked a lot about radio advertising and what that can do for a business. So what about other traditional media like TV? So TV is great because it adds a visual element that radio doesn't have. Um, not to go back to radio, but radio, when you hear an ad on radio, what you when you hear the ad, you might think of one thing in your mind, and I might think something completely different based on what we hear, uh, where TV adds that visual element so people can see that car that they're driving by. They can see that red Porsche uh, in the commercial. So I think it really adds a visual element, and there's a lot of creativity that comes in, uh, and it's a little bit of a more polished product. Well, and again, you know, it's that top-of-mind advertising. You hear something on the radio, yep. you go to the doctor's office, you pick up a magazine, and it's a local magazine, and you see an ad there, and then you go home, turn your TV on, and again, you're, so it's, you're seeing that same ad multiple times during the day. So, you know, obviously it keeps them top of mind when you're in the market for a car. Yeah, and further, they pull out their cell phone, then they see your ad, uh, they go on their computer, they see your ad. So there's a lot of repetition is good um, for any industry, specifically automotive. When it comes to buying TV, there obviously it differs from buying radio. So how how is that different? So on radio, you're buying drive times and different day parts, but they're consistent throughout the same station. When you buy TV, you're buying specific content, specific stations. Like on cable, you're buying like an HD TV because you want to be uh, in that home improvement category, um, or you're buying NFL because you're wanting to reach sports lovers, or you're buying the news because you want to reach someone that's watching TV live. So one thing now with the invention of DVR, a lot of people are fast-forwarding through commercials. So a lot of people like to be in that specific live content, whether it be sports or news. So you see a gravity of a lot of people wanting to buy those specific items on TV. You mentioned earlier, you know, radio, TV, print, all those traditional, it, it can get pretty expensive in mm -hmm. order to 
have a successful campaign, you know, it's going to cost a lot. So right now, especially I'm assuming it's election season, everybody wants to be on the airwaves right now. Are there times where it is less expensive to advertise in a traditional sense? Yeah, definitely. First quarter uh, is going to be your best bet. That's when a lot of advertisers pull back a little bit. Um, so at that in first quarter, typically you can get more advertising at a lower cost. Um, so it's definitely key to advertise during that time because their inventory is the same throughout the year. However, in first quarter, they have less buyers. So therefore, you can get a better deal on your advertising. Um, and specifically, radio and TV, first quarter is, is, is going to get you the best bang for your buck. So if an advertiser signs a contract, let's say, in January, can they lock in a better quote-unquote deal for the year by signing that contract early like that? Yeah, they, they call that an annual, and I think a lot of um, TV, radio, print are going to give you a better deal if you sign a year contract versus going month to month. Um, it allows them to put the revenue on their books throughout the year. Um, it also allows you to get a better consistent lower rate because you're averaging that price over the year and you're probably getting a discount for booking it so early. Um, it also allows their inventory to fill up so later down the road they can charge a higher price because most of their inventory is already pre-sold going into that month. So there's a lot of people that advertise on the TV, radio, billboards, print, all of that. So what can you do to set yourself apart? I would say the most important thing you can do is have good creative. Creative is going to be the most important thing that's going to drive people to your business, your website, uh, or give you a call. If you have poor creative, no one's going to respond to it. Um, also, a good call to action or a good offer. Uh, so everybody's looking for a deal. So if you provide them with something of value, they're going to respond to your ad. If you just say, we have the best customer service, no one's ever going to respond to your ad. So how does working with an agency like SoCal benefit an automotive client? So it really keeps that consistency across all channels of your advertising. Uh, we have an in-house production studio. We have an in-house art department. And they all kind of work together to bring you a consistent message and a consistent message to your consumers. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us today on the Go SoCal podcast. Thank you for having me. And for those interested in learning more about traditional media and the SoCal approach, you can always check us out online at gosocal.com. So we hope you found this interview helpful, especially when it comes to understanding traditional media and how it can still play a major role in your marketing plan. Join me in the next episode as I interview Bo Sowers and Michaela Mundorf from our SoCal Digital team, and they're going to talk to us about connected TV and how you can make an impact for your dealership using over-the-top streaming services. In the meantime, be sure to check us out on social media, YouTube, and of course our website, all of which you can find in the links in the show notes for easy access. Again, this episode was brought to you by the SoCal Production Studio. SoCal offers a full-scale professional video and audio production team complete with green screens, drones, and all the other capabilities needed for your automotive needs. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe here on Apple or Spotify to be notified when more episodes come out. The Go SoCal podcast is produced by the SoCal Marketing Department. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, go forward.